Has Apple done something where you can't like send a Dropbox link by clicking on it now? Oh, good question. I don't know. I, I don't ever update this computer. So I try to keep keep it from changing. I just got an email from you with the Dropbox link. I know, but it took me a minute to get there. You used to be able to just open up the Finder and also used to be able to like have Dropbox in your view options. Well, also used to have hopes and dreams. But dashed by Apple again. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm okay. You're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. So are you a golfer now? Do you golf now? I've always been a golfer, dude. You're golfing. Dude, I've always been a golfer. Oh, yeah. There's no Dropbox options anymore on Apple. They must have had a feud. A feud with Dropbox. Apple went mano a mano with Dropbox, and Dropbox lost. Actually, humanity lost. Actually, I just lost. You look like you're losing some LBs over there in Austin, Texas. Really? Yeah. I I like hearing that, even though I know it's not true. Yeah. But I like hearing it. Maybe it's all the golfing. So what do you, you did, did you do nine or 18? Fucking the full 18, which is too many. That takes a long time, right? That'll lead up a whole day. I found out today that the original amount of holes was 12, which is the perfect amount. And then at some point, some dick added an extra six. Well, I know why they did it. Because 12 holes isn't enough time to be away from the family that you hate. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's somebody who hated their family. I didn't realize how long golf took. I had a friend, a mutual friend of ours that I won't say now, maybe in the Secret Weekly, who, you know, he had daddy issues. And one of the daddy issues was that his dad was never, or his dad was always playing golf. And when I first, when I, I can't remember when it, how I realized how fucking long it takes to play a, a, a game of golf. I was like, oh, I get it. Your dad was like literally never home because he said his dad played golf every Wednesday and every Saturday and Sunday. So it's just gone all day on those days. Well, I mean, I'm gone all day, even though I'm at home. So it looks like I'm hanging out and being attentive, super dad. But really, my child's just in front of the TV watching Jake and the Neverland Neverland Pirates, and I'm fucking playing solitaire to turn the chatter off in the old brain well, I guess you may as well be playing golf then. Men like to be around their families. I don't know how much men like to be like up their family's asses. We just like to be around our family. Yeah, I like my family to be like Glade plug-in. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to hear like the sound of laughter in the distance. I want to hear my child laughing in the distance. I want to hear my the noises of my wife cleaning up the house, tidying <laughs> up. Cancel. And then, <laughs> you know, look up and see a lovely wife and a lovely child or two and just go, oh, everything's fine. Right. But as far as like actually stopping doing what I'm what I'm doing, what daddy do, no. Nobby. <laughs> I have found it interesting that with my daughter and with my nieces and nephews that are her age, and even with my daughter's friends when they come over to the house. God damn, they want the adults to play with them all the time. And it's it's so weird because when I was Nova's age, I mean, I did not want to play with my parents. 
Well, my parents did not play with me, first of all. Right. It wasn't like that was an option. Sure. There was no communication of any. There was all there were were direct orders from my parents, and that was it. There was no, hey, let's play charades. It was like, this is what time you have to be home. Do you ever play games with your family, including your parents, your kid, uh, like in the holidays, like family-oriented games like apples and oranges? or I, The last game I played with my wife and daughter was Life, that game. By the way, that here's what you might as well do if you're going to play Life. Just play Life, the actual Life, because it's about as complicated and takes about as long. I don't remember how to play life. I, I, we, I think we had it when I was a kid. You start off, first of all, don't do what I did, which is I took the career path. I was like, I'm going to eschew college. Don't do that. Whatever you do, when you're playing life, go to college. Whatever you do, don't eschew. Don't eschew college. I made a mnemonic device out of it so I would remember it. Anyways, because you're going to make more money if you go to college, and it's only like maybe one extra turn, so... Anyways, so that's where I fucked up to begin with. And then I just got some bad rules. And then we didn't really follow the rules. And so then I like was just started cheating. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Anyways, the goal of all those games is to get through it as quickly as possible and hopefully have my daughter win it. We played Uno. We did about, I don't know, 15 rounds of Uno. And I sincerely was trying to beat my daughter. Couldn't make it happen. I lost every time. I got Uno for my daughter for Christmas. We have yet to play it Uno times. Pretty fun. I I was ready to play it. Here's the problem with my daughter. She can't hold cards in her hand. So if we play any kind of a card game, you can see she has to, No, she has to have a big box that she puts in front of her, and then she lays the cards on the table. And if you want, you can just easily peek around the box and see what she's got. Right. That's pretty cute. But I'm trying not to do it when I play. And those Uno cards are big, so it's really tough. I did go on a camping trip once where they, ha- they had a large Uno, like adult-sized, huge-ass cards of Uno. And it was pretty fun to play with adults. When you were a kid, this I remember this like it was a billion years ago. Like literally, like it was before dinosaurs. But I remember at one point... I got gifted a giant deck of cards, like cards that are like four to six times bigger than a regular deck of cards. Yeah. And I thought that those things were the coolest things that were ever put on the earth. Well, they were. Did you have some of those? Uh, Yeah, sure did. By the way, yeah. we just got a new email. Let's read it. Let's read it. For, uh, let's read it for fun. Dude, let's, let's find out what the family, and when I say family, I mean the inkly. Well, this is an email from a brand new patron, Joanne Kapecki. So thank okay. you, Joanne, for joining the Patreon. And here is, she gives us some bullet points. So she's give, she's giving us something to chew on here. She says, Dear Bob and Clint, I have, this put, I have to put this email in bullet form because I binged all of the IOK episodes starting before Thanksgiving. Now I only have a few secret weeklies to ration out to myself, which by the way, Coming up on 200 secret weeklies over there if you want to join the Patreon. Dang, B. She says, number one, I I swear to God I haven't pre-read these because this one just came in. But number one says, I absolutely love you, Clint. I started the podcast for Bob and now I can't get enough of both of y'all. 
Number two, Clint, you have to watch The Sound of Music with your daughter. I watch it every Easter and pass that tradition on to my daughter as your daughter will watch it over and over again. I know you're a big fan of Sound of Music, Bob. It's one of the best musicals ever written. There there have been a lot of movies in my life that for some reason you just dread them. And then you watch them and you're like, that was so wonderful. I dreaded watching Casablanca because it just didn't sound good. Yeah, that shit looks boring. But then you watch it and it's like you believe in the magic of movies. All right, so number so Sound of Music, that's on the list because I know that you're All right, a big so fan. Numero Uno, watch Sound of Music. Number three, she says, ask Bob about the Bravo show, There Goes the Motherhood. I'm sure I'm his only fan that has seen this episode where Bob was a potential sperm donor. Oh, God. What the fuck is this? <laughs> Dude, there's, I didn't even know that's what that fucking show was called. <laughs> All right, let me give you the quick, let me just give you the story on this okay. bullshit. Okay. So I had a friend from like 25 years ago, maybe at least 25 years ago. Okay. But around, yeah, I would say 25 years ago was about the time that I was hanging out with this chick. I can't think of her name right now, which is pretty terrible because we were pretty pretty close friends. And... Hooked up a, a couple times, but you know that was back in the day where you would like kind of have friends with benefits, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It was very casual, very casual. Zip, never anything serious. So, anyways, we were good buds. We it wasn't really a romantic thing, at least not for me. I don't think it was for her either. But good friends. So, cut to twenty five years later. She contacts me. She's like, "Hey, I'm going to be in this reality show, and we're going to come to Austin." And part of it's like looking up old flames or old flings. And will you, you know, we're going to, will you like meet up with me and, you know, there'll be cameras and shit or though we're going to come, we're going to come and film me. Oh, that's what it was. They were going to come film me at the Nutty Brown playing live. I was like, yeah, come on down, bring the cameras, film us. And then I'll talk to you. And sounds great. Now, I didn't know about any of this shit that happens, the sperm donor shit. So they nobody told me any about that, anything about that. So she comes down. We're talking backstage at the show, very casual. And then at some point, she's like, "Hey, would you want to be a sperm donor?" And I'm like, "No." And then we played, and then that was it. And then <laughs> and then they were like, "Hey, we want you to come have." lunch and we're going to film you guys having lunch and i'm like no and that was the end of that and they and and then i guess they they finally put the show together i I find out all those shows are scripted like they come up with a storyline i think they do a bunch of filming and then they're like okay with this amount of with this film that we've got this is the storyline we can create so they kind of created the storyline that maybe she was looking for a sperm donor maybe i was one of the potential sperm donors but that was never mentioned initially it was just like hey we're gonna look into old flings or something i don't know whatever it was they they spun all that afterwards after the fact and then i was like "Ah, what the fuck anyways i i i don't think i watched it i'm not sure well it sounds like it might be worth a gander for be schnitty fans out there it sounds pretty interesting i have a friend who He's newly single and he's a therapist and he hooked up with this other therapist chick and uh, now they're just buddies, similar to your story. And now she wants him to be a, a sperm donor and he's seriously thinking about it. And my advice to him was to not do it. 
Um, her next point is number four. She talks about the Beatles. She says, so I'm guessing. So she crammed all these episodes in from Thanksgiving. So she's just responding to a few things here. She says, I had a Beatles fan club in seventh grade with bylaws. The four members of my fan club picked a band member as their own. I picked Paul because I also love wings. She says, but also love George's something. Or number five, you, maybe you can speak to this. She says, Al-Anon sucks, but AA is awesome. So what's Al-Anon? What's the difference? Al-Anon is for people who are in relationships with alcoholics. Gotcha. Okay. And, uh, you know, like you're, you're, you're the wife of your kids or the, <laughs> the mother of your children. The woman that you're married to is an alcoholic. So how do you deal with that? Gotcha. You go you go to Al Anon. It's just like AA, but instead of alcohol, you substitute people for the thing that you're powerless over. And it does suck. I've tried to go to I've tried to go to many of those. What sucks about it? First of all, it's the people. It's mainly the people in Al Anon that kind of suck. Uh in AA, the people are great. They're alcoholics, they're not drinking. They're a lively bunch. Uh Al Anon is usually like mothers and fathers of children who are addicted to drugs so it's just sad everybody's just sad and bummed out because the people that they love are fucked up whereas in aa everybody's getting sober so all the people that are in there are full of hope and sobriety and everybody in Elanon is like you know they're just watching all their hopes and dreams go down the shitter gotcha so wow okay uh number six she says i was a big fan of the talking heads in the 80s number seven Burden of Proof is one of my favorite albums, and I can't find a vinyl copy of it to buy. Anywhere you can point her, she can get Burden of Proof on vinyl. Merch. BobSchneider.com merch. Okay, cool. Um, do they carry your records at like Waterloo or anything? I don't know. Surely they do. I don't know, but I feel like we have we must have copies of it, but maybe we don't. I don't know. If we don't, we should reorder some. Yeah, maybe that's a little pin you can put in to maybe hit up management because uh, you might be out of them. Number eight, she says, children learn what they live by Dorothy, Dorothy Noidle is a timeless guide to parenting. I love to hear y'all talk about your kids. If I had to do over with mine, I would give them the gift of failure so they could learn to be proud of themselves by overcoming their mistakes instead of me trying to shield them from life. We get a lot of interesting feedback about when we talk about parenting. I appreciate that. Number nine, she says the Catholic Church should be dismantled. I went to Catholic school for four years of hell. I am now agnostic. Well, I think me and Bob agree with you on that point. Number 10, she says, Bob, I go to the Saxon Pub every chance I get since I live here in Austin, but COVID slowed that down a little. Also, Bob, if you can tolerate The Bachelor, please try and watch RuPaul's Drag Race. It's way funnier and uplifting to the soul. I know this was long, but I had a lot to say after listening to all the episodes. Keep it coming. Cheers, Joanne K. Well, thank you for the lovely email, Joanne. Appreciate that. Have you seen this RuPaul show that she speaks of? I've never seen it. It doesn't, doesn't look like I would like it, but I have heard a bunch of people tell me that it's great. Interesting. Um, Mundy Hendrickson writes in and says, if you're not already watching Louder Milk on Amazon, I think you guys, or at least one of you, would enjoy it. Lots of laughs and watch for the scene of a graffiti artist at the beginning of a few episodes in the season two. That's the one that I decided I should email you. You ever heard of Louder Milk? I'm looking it up. You and I actually met when the night that me and you met, there was a kind of famous 
what would you call that guy? That Mister Brainwash guy? Uh, was he a graffiti artist? What the what the fuck was he? Well, he was like a Banksy wannabe pop artist. What do you call those people? Uh, I don't know. Remember that guy? Uh, oh, that guy, Mister Brainwash. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, that was Mister Brainwash. That dude's like super famous. He's like his paintings sell for like hundred thousand dollars. Well, crazy. they made well Banksy made a documentary about him. No, no, he made a documentary about. He made a, a documentary called uh, "Exit Through the Gift, Gift Shop. Shop." That's Banksy, then, though. Well, Banksy's in it. Well, I thought I thought what happened was that that Mister Brainwash guy compiled a bunch of footage, but it was unusable. So Banksy, who is an actual artist, took it and made an actual film out of it and made the film about Mr. Brainwash. Oh, maybe. Maybe that's what happened. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't. There there was like an idea that maybe Banksy was behind that film. Right. But right. it wasn't like 100%. The film's great. It's this really Lattermed good. looks good. It's the guy from Office Space. Uh, Mike Judge? Uh, no, it's the lead actor oh oh the actor rob rob hamburger or whatever what's that guy's name (laughs) i had no idea he oh his character was called burger and uh sex in the city all right well we'll have to check out louder what's it on oh it's on amazon she says all right here's the last email this is from steph ron livingston ron livingston i said rob hamburger jesus she says hey daddies my date flaked out for me. This is a little older. This is from New Year's. My date flaked out of me for Bob's 30th anniversary or uh, thir- December 30th show in Dallas. I was so close to not going, but decided to go alone. I met so many awesome fans and we were talking about the podcast and how entertaining you both are. This guy noticed I was alone and asked if I was with the band. And I said, no. And he thought it was cool that I came alone and bought me a drink, uh, which snowballed into a couple more people trying to buy me drinks. The energy and the set list was so great. I had the best time and left with a few new friends. Just wanted you to know, Bob, that your fans are the best. Well, that's pretty nice. Oh, that's nice. It's a nice little sitch nice. going on in Dallas. That was a that was a really great show both nights. Uh in Dallas on the thirtieth and then at the Paramount on the thirty first. Those were spectacular shows. And I'm guessing these were full band. Full band. Yeah, with Ollie, and uh, it was great. They were both great. With Wayne, and Wayne's last gig. I know, I I saw. For those of you who may not know, Wayne Salzman is Bob's drummer, and then his, he overlapped as the drummer um, in a lot of my touring with Bob. Great friend of ours. One of the funniest people I've ever toured with. He's the, he's. I think he's the funniest guy that I've ever met. He's pretty goddamn funny. He just, he never doesn't come up with a funny thing to, like if you say something, he will respond with something funny every time. I've never met anybody like that. You're really funny. Adam Temple is really funny. I know a bunch of comedians. Nobody is is consistently funny. Wayne Salzman. <laughs> well, so I guess he's relocating back up to Wisconsin, where he's from, to be closer to family. They they sold their house in Austin and bought a house in Wisconsin. I was sad to see that. Was it was it kind of a sad vibe, or was it a celebratory vibe? No, it just was another day on the job. Yeah. So who is drumming more consistently for you now? Kyle Thompson has been the guy that we use the most. He's the he's the kind of taken he's kind of taken over as the kind of number one drummer. But I mean we have a you know, 
we still I still drum with Conrad occasionally, and there's some and, and Kyle's Kyle's great. Um, is Kyle the guy who when I came and did a couple of shows with you recently? Uh, he, did he do that first night? Because the second night was Wayne, but there was yeah. a, new, a new guy. Yeah, Kyle's the guy. He yeah, he was really cool. I liked his vibe. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's good. He's a good drummer. Good person. Family guy. Last show with old Wayne Salzman. Well, he will be missed. He was a lot of fun. Great. Great drummer. Great guy. Definitely am going to miss playing with him for sure. I wrote with a guy yesterday from, I think he's from south of Austin, but he is in a band called Blue Water Highway that have opened for you before. I don't know if that rings a bell. I guess he opened for you at Green Hall. Um, he told me to tell you hello, small world stuff. I figured you would not remember that. Uh, no, I don't remember that band. I I don't see any of the opening bands. Right. I I've told you my. It's a lose lose for me if the opening band's great, it fucks me up, and then I just think that we suck the whole time. And if they're not good, why do I want to see it? So. <laughs> I just I did the math on it a while back, and I just never go see the openers. Well, the math's important. I'm I'm like almost done with season two of Succession. Pretty obsessed with it. You're loving it. Well, I mean, they do a pretty good job of ramping up the drama. Every episode's like, oh fuck, and it makes me want to like negotiate better in my life. I watched the first couple episodes when it first came out, but. I was like, mm, I don't know. Well, I will say, um, if you didn't like the flavor of the first couple of episodes, you, you're probably not going to like it because it it doesn't it only ramps up from there, but it doesn't. It's not very different than those. I've been watching the the uh, mighty the gemstone. What is it? the mighty yeah. gemstone? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've I've watched the first episode of the new season. Uh, is there a third? Is this the third season? That I think just this came is the out? second season. Oh yeah, so I'm I'm in the middle of the second season. Second season's not as good. It's so funny though. That show but is so God funny. But goddamn it, that the the chick that plays the sister oh, is my God. so fucking good. What's really fascinating to me cuz I used to be a religious person is how is how right they get some of that like mega church shit. They really do Whoever, like, I don't know if Danny McBride comes from that or if they have some writers that are like in the in the belly of the beast with that stuff, because they get so much of it right, and I think that's part of what's successful about the show. Yeah, it's it's consistently hilarious. For anyone who may not know, it's on HBO, and it's about a family of like oh the righteous gemstones, the righteous gemstones. That's right. It's about a family of like evangelical pastors that run a mega church. And they seem to be smarmy, rich, kind of morally corrupt douchebags. Um, but it's pretty funny, dude. Yeah. Almost as funny as your clown glasses that you're wearing. Bob's wearing oversized. Oh, these aren't clown glasses. These are just my new Is fashion. that your prescription? No, these are my new fashion shades that I got them all. Oh, for, for Sunglass fashion. Hat. I got these at Sunglass Hut for $452. Wow. Pretty good deal on those because... yeah. I mean, you can pay for with sunglasses. You pay for what you get. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if you spend like two dollars on sunglasses, guess what's going to happen to those sunglasses? You're going to break them or lose them. They're going to explode, or they explode. Right, that's the third option, dude. You're going to lose an eye. Yeah, you're going to lose an eye for sure. You'll have some eyelash damage at the very best case scenario. And you know what happens if you lose an eye? You have to become a pirate. 
dude, you have to. It's by well, they just signed that into law in Texas. I, it's, I'm not sure if it's all 52 states. Yeah, it's federal actually. The federal law is, oh, you, have it to, is. you have to move to the Caribbean and uh, be a pirate if you lose an eye. So Sen- I think it's Senegal. You're actually Senegal mandated. You have to move immediately. You and your family, if you have family, they have to go with, and then you're all pirates de facto. So, and it goes up too. Like, so if you have grandparents, great grandparents, a lot of people are not happy about this law at all. Especially, you know, people like, let's say you have a, a cousin who loses an eye because they bought some shitty sunglasses. Next thing you know, you're living in Senegal. Well, the worst part that I was reading about is that on the way to Senegal, you have to go to a pig farm where they've actually starved pigs for months and they actually chew one of your legs off. So, because you have to be, you have to have a peg leg also. Well, of course. To be a pirate. You, yes, of course. I mean, and so, a lot of people don't know that having two legs negates you being a pirate. Right. You have to have one, they well, one will, eye, one leg, you know, it's simple. Or they do make an exception. You can have a hook. If you have a hook instead of a hand, they'll let you get away with a limp. So even you can't, you can't have a fully functional leg, but you can have two legs if, as long as one's got a limp and you've got a hook. Right. Yeah, but dude, the pirate life is not for me, dude. Fuck no, that. no, no toilet paper. You got to eat lemons all the time. Wi-Fi is horrible. Beans is the only food that you really are allowed to eat, right? And it's farty. A lot of pirate farting. So much farting going on on this pirate. Just Senegal, basically. Like, dude, when you get close to Senegal, like if you're driving, let's say you're driving from Tanzania to albuquerque and then you've got to drive through senegal mm-hmm. jesus dude you start just smelling this like did somebody fart in the car and everybody's like i didn't fart did you fart i didn't fart and everybody starts getting real edgy because you think that people are lying but then you realize oh it's fucking senegal dude they're fucking farting <laughs> they're farting so much dude because all they're <laughs> eating is beans they have only got one leg so they can't really get around and exercise very well it's lemons and beans, dude. That brings the fart to the to the party. I mean, the good news is the farts aren't necessarily, you know, like super stinky. They're they're louder than they are stinkier. They have a muskiness to them, right? But that also might just be the the stump where the hook goes. That might be what the smell is actually. Could be. Could because instead of like rubbing medicine or ointment on it they're just rubbing beans on it yeah when you rub beans on do rubbing beans on an open wound i know a lot of people a lot of midwives and stuff will say oh no oh you have a cut here's some paste of of like some garbanzo paste right dude do yourself a favor i don't care what you hear don't do that no, I mean, don't, I heard, don't rub no. any kind of a bean paste in an open wound. It's not going to help. I've seen a doula, you know, a doula's like, oh, you're pregnant. You're about to give birth to a human being. Yeah. Here's some chickpeas that I Dude, smashed I've, up. I've actually eyewitnessed a woman giving birth into a giant uh, tub of refried pinto beans. Right. And then I'm like, what is going on? And they're like, this is the best way. This is the safest, most homeopathic way to give birth to a baby. Well, because all the refried beans basically simulate the womb. Yeah. No, you're going out. You're going from a a bean-based environment into another bean-based environment. To transition. 
Yeah, it's a it's such an easy transition. Now the problem is eventually you're gonna have to get out of that bean-based environment and get into an environment that's less bean-based. And right. no matter what, that's not gonna be a fun time for you. Now, obviously, if you go from a bean-based environment inside the womb to a bean-based env- environment outside of the womb, and then you get lucky enough to have a, a relative who's lost an eye in an injury, you can immediately go into a bean-based culture, like the pirate culture, and then boom. You, you're pretty that's that's the best case scenario that's why that's where the old saying comes from all roads lead back to senegal that's what that's in reference to yeah it's yeah. really more about the bean-based environment that we prenatally are sort of made in right and what we always sort of harken back to spiritually so well it, it, there was a big controversy um when they were putting the bible back together in uh the 340s um because there was a gospel that was being a bean based gospel. And I think that, so there was John, Paul, and then a guy named Frito. Right. Uh, and then he wrote a bean based gospel, but it was stricken. And then a lot of people are like, Hey man, I don't even buy into the Bible anymore because they took the bean based part out. Right. Well, if they take the beans out. What's next? The, yeah. The unmitigated truth. I mean, Jesus, it's not to be trusted. No, you can't trust it. Dude. If a book doesn't mention beans at least 450 times, I'm not reading it. Art of War, gone. Bible, gone. Loud Sue? No, thanks, buddy. Little Moby Dick? How many beans are on? Because let's face it, there's a boat in that book. It really depends on the translation. If you read the French translation of Moby Dick, there are a lot of bean references. The American one, not so much. Well, that's quite the American thing, right? American, well, that's why they call us the bean scrubbers behind our back. It was, I mean, it's old timey language. It's sea language. Just sea language in, in itself. I mean, like the the word blarney, which is a, you know, that's a sea term. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just is a type of bean that's been right. lost to history. Pirate's booty, that's not gold. Those are no. pinto beans. Yeah, that's a juicy bean filled butt hole of a of a real boisterous bean beanie pirate yeah well anyways so these glasses i'm in no danger of losing an eye that's good that's good you know what you should really do honestly also for a goof also if i'm playing tennis with these glasses you ain't getting no you think you're gonna hit me with an ace i don't think so well i was gonna say for a goof you should show up to a, a golf sesh wearing those dude if i showed up for a golf if i showed up for like a a, the u.s open wearing these shades immediately my opponent would just start crying because they'd be like oh i've lost the game already and then they would say hey those are illegal and then the line judge would go there's no laws in tennis about oversized glasses right well listen everyone out there you get what you pay for when it comes to the glasses don't buy shitty glasses that will take your eye out that will send you to the pig farm that will send you to Senegal where you will only eat beans and fart forever. Uh, just invest, invest in yourself. Yeah. Invest in your family's future. Spend at least $500 on a pair of sunglasses. And we're going to kick it to the secret weekly. Now. Thank you for all the support. If you want to be like Joanne, uh, you can send us an email. It's Bob and Clint at gmail.com. We like hearing from everybody. And if you want to have BDE like Joanne, you can join us on Patreon, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash I-O-K. 
You get almost 200 bonus episodes over there of The Secret Weekly, plus some postcards and other kinds of special magical shit. So we love you guys. We'll see you next week. We're going to kick it now to The Secret Weekly. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 